What's going on, everybody? How are we? Welcome back. Let's do another one. It's another week. It's another fantastic week, and we're going to have another episode because that's what we do here. Episode after episode after episode after episode after episode. So, everybody, this is another episode of Remember Country Music Podcast, the RCM Podcast. My name is Kyle Corbis, and today I'm really, really excited to have Nate Frederick here because um, I just think he's fantastic, and I think if you don't know him now, you will. You will very soon. So, Nate, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to get to talk to you, man. Thank you for having me, brother. It's my pleasure. This is uh, this is exciting because you just released, um, like I told you off recording here, you just released a fantastic record. Fantastic Thank you, buddy. Record. It is, uh, it's called Differentiated Blue. And um, I think, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. There's a lot of things I want to say about it. I hope I get to say what I want to say, <laughs> but we'll get there in a second because I have, so I, I, like I just told you, I have points that I want to say, but I never get to them, but I have so many points on this record that I just want to, that I just want to pour out to people, but we'll see if we get there. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> but you are a, um, you're, you're from Missouri, correct? Yep. I'm, I am a Missourian, Southwest Missouri. So. Awesome. I've never been to Missouri. I want to go. I just wanted it's, to see other places. Do, do I want to go to Missouri? That's actually, good. I think that you do, you know, uh, when I moved here, um, for whatever reason, I didn't realize how much, uh, not that I don't have state pride, but how much like regionally and, and where you're from, uh, people like, not like prejudged you, but like, it was kind of a click, you know, if, uh, if you're from Georgia, a lot of people from Georgia that are my friends, Florida, Alabama, and being from Missouri, like we're just in the center and we just kind of look around at everybody else. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm from Missouri, whatever. And there's like, oh, okay. You know, like it was, it didn't pop up on their radar as like one of like the, you know, Southern states or whatever. Um, and, and I guess Missouri's Midwestern, but you know, the part that, uh, the part that I'm from in Springfield, Missouri, which is like 30 miles north of Branson, um, reminds me a lot of here. Like the Ozarks are a lot like Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I mean, they really are. So it was an easy transition weather wise and, uh, you know, scenery uh, for me. So Missouri is cool. It's a, there's a lot of, um, you get to wear all the clothes in your closet. You get about a fourth of, of every season, hot summers, so beautiful falls here. and spring. Yeah. I mean, so it's, you know, I like living in places like that. Yeah. I mean, the climate's great. You know? Yeah. And I, uh, so wait, so this is going to be a really dumb question. You know, the show Ozarks. Is yeah. Ozark. Yeah. Off- is that based off the it is yeah i i was actually watching it uh i don't know this last weekend maybe and, it, and it's an old show but it was just on netflix and i you know had some time off and was on the couch petting my dog and yeah. just clicked on ozark and started watching it from the very beginning and um and i was reading kind of like the little blurb about it and uh it was like ozark missouri and i was like holy shit okay that is it's not just talking about regionally um i think it's based in like lake of the ozarks close to like Forsyth, which cool. if you've been there, like, like it does have some of that backwoods uh, drug, yeah. you know, meth, meth kind of thing. And, you know, all that. Um, I grew up going to Table Rock Lake, which is in Branson. Um, but Lake of the Ozarks um, is beautiful. It's a lot bigger, lake, a lot more big boats and stuff. Um, Table Rock's a little cleaner. But uh, that, it's like close to Columbia, like the Ozarks cool. is. Yeah. So, so those, those are Springfield. That's and where it's based. Yeah. 
are the two places that I know in Missouri. Springfield. Yeah, Missouri. I mean, there's not Kansas City is Kansas City is you know St. Louis is a kind of grungy in, in some places, but um, you know that's about all there is. Columbia, Springfield, Kansas City, St. Louis, Jeff City is. You know, it's there's not a lot to say about it besides the capital of Missouri. You know, um, yeah. but um, you know, it's all right. Missouri's all right. That's you know, I, that's what I like to say. We don't have like the we're not like gung ho, and I guess that goes back to you know uh, that we were like you know in the civil or like like a split state. Yeah. You know, in the war, so yeah. it's like maybe we just don't really know what we are. You know, we're just right in the middle. I think like being from Jersey, I mean people. People hate on people from Jersey. Oh, that's okay. I mean, listen, you know, right. times but I you all to... have the pride, you know, you have that like Northeast pride. Yeah. To an extent, but like Jersey, like I actually said this to, to my, uh, one of my coworkers yesterday, I was like, cause she's going to Colorado and I really want to go visit Colorado. Cause I just feel like Colorado is a cool place, but it is a cool I'm place. just like, do you ever think about it? Like people live in so much cooler places than we do. Like we just live in New Jersey. It's just like New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's kind of how Missouri is too. I mean, honestly, the Ozark Mountains, though, like like that's where Bass Pro was founded in Springfield, Missouri. That's cool. And it's like an outdoor, yeah. Um, uh, Johnny Moore started that, and they he they used to have a um, Brown Derby, which is like a regional liquor store. He used to have like a bait and tackle little section of that, and that's how Bass Pro started. Like in that's in cool. his lifetime, he's like maybe sixty. In his early 60s and he's built that company to what it is um in awesome. his lifetime which is really cool and he still lives in trinkfield they all still that's do awesome and so yeah, i didn't know that so they're they're proud of those arcs you know yeah. those arc mountains are are definitely a thing you know you know those are mountain daredevils are from there if you ever heard of them yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's cool because um well my dad's gonna kill me because if you just so you just started ozarks i haven't seen it but um my dad and my brother say it's like the greatest show on tv so if it's you're great if and Jason Bateman, well, and Jason Bateman is has such a That's like. True. Even if he's in a comedy, that yeah. that show is not a comedy, but he's still Jason Bateman in it, and he has this dry sense of humor. <laughs> it's almost like if Paul Rudd was playing that guy too. You know, it's like he still just acts like himself in it, and it gives this comedic relief to the show that's that's amazing. So I mean, the the dialogue and 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 all of the you know the scripting and stuff of it is it's a great show. Really are you a big uh, are you are you a bigger TV guy or a t bigger movie guy? I'm probably a bigger movie guy. Me too. I'm not a big. I've never been a big book guy. I've been a big. I like books on tape better because I, I drive agree. a lot, and so it's like you know you can't really watch a movie while you're driving. You can, but that's not you know you shouldn't brag on doing that. But um, but listening to books on tape is, is you know if you got a seven or eight hour drive, like you can do that. See, I, agree I just listen. I was just in the green lights and, and and that was a freaking great book. Me too. I'm listening to it. And right I would now. and I would say that is a book that you need to listen to on tape because the author narrates it. Thank you. It, it's Thank not you. McConaughey narrating someone else's book. And so you get like you're double dipping big time, you know, getting that's, that's what I see. getting him to narrate his own journals. Like like I I think you should that's the way that book lives. And most books live best on the page. You there know, you but, go. But this one, I, I think, is the latter. So I think it's so funny you said that because I, I asked the question because I'm more of a I'm more of a movie guy myself, and I think the reason why is just because it's gonna sound so bad, but like it's just so hard for me to like sit there and get into a show. I know if I'm sitting down to watch a movie, I'm gonna sit there for two, whatever, three hours to watch the movie, and it's gonna be dumb. I'm gonna get everything in one shot, right? But with the right. show, you got to commit to it. That's why I don't like books either because like you got to commit to it. Like there's oh, no you way do, yeah. 
but with with so i i got i ordered oh i i want to read green lights because I, I just like mcconaughey so i was like hmm do i want to like order the hard copy or do i want to listen to matthew mcconaughey read to me for the next six and a half hours yes like a hundred percent and he's such a good i mean he has such a good voice and just like it's just so believable it's, oh my it's God. uh it's great um it was a good find for me and uh you know, and I, and I listened to a lot of books on tape while driving. Like I said, I would almost prefer that at times and you know, listening to music. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty soothing to, to, to do that. I think, um, that's, I think that's cause I, I'm a listener learner too. So I also mm-hmm. retain more doing that. And also like, I definitely I, do. I feel like I'm doing so much 24 seven that it makes more sense for me to listen anyway. Like, I don't even feel like I have enough, like when I want to sit down and do like nothing and when i have time to do nothing honestly like i pop a well, my new addiction is like vinyl so i like pop a record on the on my record player and yeah that's like my thing so like i'll even like what i like about that is i can like turn it down a little bit and like plays in the background i can listen to it right but i'm like that's that's kind of how i learn but it's interesting that you say that you like to that you like to listen to books because um i feel like especially when it comes to songwriting like so like hearing other people talk about certain things whether it be stories or like more like intellectual things if that's the correct word I'm, we're gonna, yeah i feel like that helps with songwriting what well, does and i've always uh maybe not always but 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 recently in in the last you know five years i i do believe that the best songwriters are the best listeners and so like you're always listening to other music or listening to what people say mm-hmm. and you're documenting all those things in your head whether you know it or not and um, even with your own stuff, like you have to be able to go back subjectively and listen. So like all that songwriting is really doing is not really making something. You're just listening, editing, understanding, like you're really kind of building something through listening because like you throw it out there, whether it be a chord progression or, a, or a topic or, and you see if it floats and that's mm-hmm. the listening part. So it's like, you don't really know it's going to work until you try it. And, and so you have to have those ears of listening. And so I think that, um, you know, maybe a lot of songwriters are auditorial learners. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just a lyricist, I could see how you could be, you know, pen to page, right. you know, and you can retain stuff by reading it. But like music is, is maybe a little bit more how you say it than what you say. Right. You know, that's what turns poetry into a song. And so I think you have to be a good listener. Um, you know and and kind of turn your ears up um, and get in the habit of doing that you know yeah i completely agree with you let me ask you then so like when it comes to um like you said being a lyricist right um do you what is your what is your opinion on on people that write songs as like more of a poetry kind of thing or just like writes because because not not necessarily a, a deep lyric doesn't necessarily like a, a, a non deep lyric like a basic lyric doesn't necessarily mean it's not a great song you know I mean they could be saying one really basic thing one really basic way but it could be an incredible song so well I mean I think that 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 it's like a mix of two it, it you know that it needs to be thought provoking in my opinion but it, that that doesn't mean it has to be a complex thought. Mm-hmm. And Guy Clark did a fantastic job of that, of like, you know, there was no fat on any of his lyrics. It was just like exactly what it was, but it made you think because it was so simple. It was a different way of looking at something in a really simple way. There you go. And, um, you know, you have to think a lot to get there. It's almost like you're, 
you're working really hard to simplify it, you know, and that, and that seems like, uh, you know, maybe a common misconception of that would be that like, well, if you want it to be simple, then just do it as simple as possible. It's like, no, sometimes you have to go all the way around in the journey to get back to the simplest form. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the longest or, or, or the most tiring, you know, laborious thing to get back to simple, yeah. you know? And, and, and you can overthink it and you can become more complex, but eventually you get back to, you know, just back the to meat of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think so. I think when, when I listen, when I listen to songs and, and there are some that I do this with and there's, I'm a big album guy, like off the jump, I'll tell you right now, I love albums. Um, not always. I, because I just, of the body of work, you mean? Yes. Like, Me that, yeah. like the fact that, that you look at it at a full record, right. And you say, um, these songs were all picked for this particular reason. And there's a reason why this song is placed here and why this song yes. is placed here. You're exactly right. why there's one. And there's a reason why there's 11. It's not just all thrown and say, hey, I want this to be one, two. That's why I love albums. And right. I also recognize that, you know, when people are starting their music careers, albums may not be the most, you know, logical thing for them to do. But overall, I think albums are fantastic. I think well, you, and you do have to learn. This was the first time. You know, I've put out music before and, you right. know, tried to make what I thought were records or projects. And it, I don't know if it's for everybody, but I had to get to a certain maturity in my own craft to even be able to write enough songs that even were in the idea of an overall record that could be a snapshot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and after you've done that once and maybe bumped into it, you know what that feels like. And so, you know, like, OK, this we're not ready to make a record this time yet. But until then, you're just kind of, you know, you don't know what it looks like until you've gotten to, to you know, get to that point. And maybe part of that is finding your sound, too. That's something like, well, you don't know you haven't found your sound until you do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, and so music is a lot like that. Like for the first parts of people's careers, like everybody's walking in the dark. Right. Right. But but, you know, for some reason you keep doing it. And then once something clicks or you get a break or you meet the right group of people and it, and, and the lights get turned on, you're like, Holy shit, this makes sense. Now it's not, now I have like a rubric to move forward on. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's not that it's any easier at that point. It's just much more like uh, efficient, like, like you're not like, it's not so scary at that point, you know, you start yeah. to work your ass off um, to get done, you know, what you need to get done and satisfy your soul and market stuff and all that. But at least like you kind of know the pathway mm-hmm. and until you find that you're like, well, have I found it? Like, right. do I, like, like you just don't know. You, no, you don't because know. everyone's is different. Literally everyone's yeah. pathway. Is it's different. like never being in love before. It's like, well, I don't know if I have, it's like, well, then you have yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, that's the answer. You just answered it. If you yeah. don't know if you've been in love yet, then you haven't been in love yet. You know? So, um, and that's probably the hardest part um, is sticking it out that long, however long that is. And you for can, someone. you can compare that in many different ways. Like wh- whether it be a, like a, di- like you can compare that in different careers, you know, I yeah. guess maybe I what I'm doing anything. Like it's, it's a passion of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's that, you know, and it could be two years, it could be six months, it could be 10 years, but, but it's always painful and it's always uh, undoing and, and uh, it always shapes the person into what they need to be. 
until the lights get turned on. I and always so, like right. And I always like to say know. that like you never you never like necessarily fail, right? Because you may put you may have put songs out early in your career that oh I don't know if this is true for you, but early in your career that you know maybe weren't you at the time, but you put yeah. them out to realize that they weren't you. That doesn't necessarily mean you failed. That doesn't necessarily mean they weren't you don't get to skip the steps. Exactly. You took you don't. I mean, those are, yeah, those are just as important. And that's what kind of stinks because you're like, well, that sucked. That didn't work. It's like, yeah, but like it did though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the most fun part yet. <laughs> it's like, you got to be a, you know, if you're going to be a head chef, you, it's not super fun to be a sous chef, but every sous chef is doing that so they right. can be, you know, right. you don't get to, to be like, well, fuck being a sous chef, you know, you're going to fail at that. So yeah. it's like, that's what keeps everybody in every level of whatever they're doing is that they want to get, you know, to a certain level. And then at that point, they're not even done. They're just like, like I'm over the, the grunt work to get to where I need to be to where I can now really like satisfy my passion with hard work, as opposed to working hard and like not really knowing what it looks like. And there's no easy way out either too. No. And that's, I, I guess that's why it feels so good to even get to the point to get to work hard for yourself yeah. is because the other part stinks so bad, you know, to get there. You're just like, well, gosh, like, you know, this is so much better because I am, you know, I'm not in the dark. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's important. I think that's, that's anyone who's listening, that's struggling with anything that they're doing. I think that, that kind of, I wouldn't say go through the motions is the right word, but um, do what you have to do to get to that end goal. I mean, listen, we can compare it to me. I don't know what my end goal with this whole thing is, but we're doing right. it, right? We're doing it and we're changing every day. We talked off recording episode one to episode four. This week's 44 are completely yeah. different. So yeah, you're, you know. you're, you're in the game at that point. That's what I feel like. If you're, if you're doing anything that you're passionate about and you're getting better, you're in the game. And, and my dad always used to tell me, it's like, you never know how close you actually are. Yeah. And that's what keeps you going. Yeah. It, it's what makes you not quit. Cause you're like, I don't know if I'm, you know, six hours or six days or six weeks away from my big break. Things turning around and, yeah. and your big break doesn't mean you're done. It just means like, okay, you've transcended to the next level to where like, what you're doing, you're going to reap more benefits from. It's like going to play professional baseball. You start, it's going pro. Yeah. You start, you start in a, then you go to double A. Well, you start rookie ball, a double a triple a, and then you're in the bigs, right? Every step is a milestone, no matter how big or you and know, it is how small and of a step. So, and so people say like, Oh, you never make it. It's like, no, but you do make it to the next, you do make it to echelons of it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's, you know, it's not all confusing the whole time, but like, you know, if a lot of, a lot of the times people want to stay in the major leagues because they don't want to go back to the minors, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes you got to go back to minors to, you know, get back up, right. To get back up. And yeah. that's part of the, that's you're, you're in the game, baby. That's, that's it. it. You know? That's it. As long as you're there, that's all that matters. That's all. Well, that's matters. all you wanted to do sitting, you know, a decade ago or, or however long it was on your bed, like, <laughs> You just wanted to be in the game. It's like, exactly. this is this is the game. Got to go through all the motions at that point. All the tornado, all the whirlwinds. It's got to be. Yeah, it. it's like you asked for it, you know, when you decided that's what you wanted to do. So Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, uh, Nate, what I think is great about you is that, um, especially listening, well, first of all, I want to bring this up because I read this and I was absolutely mind blown and I want to, I want to talk about this. So, so you got into songwriting, you know, music seriously around your twenties, right? Like yeah. early, early twenties. Like, like, yeah, like at 20, at 20, 21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, I read this and I couldn't believe it. You, really started making music and I use quotes like that just so everyone knows making yeah. music instead of just quote unquote playing music. And I want to talk about what you think is the difference when it comes to the two of those things. Okay. I think that's a very interesting conversation and, and something that I've actually said to people before and they don't get. So that's why I, since I saw it, I want to talk, right. about it. but cool. you, you fell off a cliff. Like you had an accident. Yeah. I mean, it was more so like a 25 foot embankment onto a railroad <laughs> track. So like, Cliff, yeah, I mean, but but uh, yeah, it was at University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. where where I was set to go to school. I, I played golf in college for a year in Springfield at Drury University, and then I stopped doing that, and I had enrolled at University of Arkansas. And during that summer, before I was about to go to school there, I got in an accident running from the police on Dixon Street because I was twenty. So that would be. <laughs> that was when I hurt myself. And then throughout the course of like healing from that and having my jaw rebroken and set and wired shut and all the, all the good stuff that took about two years to fix. Um, that was when I started to write songs and um, sing really. Um, and, and I guess I would say making music when I said instead of playing, making music is that I was using music as a therapy for me there you go. to get out things from myself it wasn't that music wasn't the therapy for me when I was playing it. Cause it sure was. Um, and I'd done that since I was about 12 years old, played guitar and stuff, but I never sang for whatever reason. I, I don't really know why, but I just didn't, I didn't think mm-hmm. I knew how to sing. I didn't ever try to write songs, anything like that. I would do like instrumental stuff and it was always a therapy. But when I started to get out some of the feelings that I had, and then once they were out, it, they kind of like made more sense to me. It was almost like I was like, you know, teaching myself stuff about me through me. Mm-hmm. It was really like a circular thing. And so that's when I would say making music. Yeah. And I'm not saying to say it was great music, you know. Something. But yeah. And it wasn't even like in the in the idea of trying to be a good songwriter. It wasn't in the, you know, it wasn't in any constraints or rules or or, or I didn't go to songwriting class or learn how to sing or or you know really even learn how to play guitar. I wasn't doing it as like a studious thing. I was just doing it f- for me. Yeah. And, um, and it helped me a lot. And then I started to do it a little bit in front of people. And then that turned into some shows and stuff. And then some little first recordings and, you know, it just built at that point and that kind of set me in motion, but I never would have done that if I hadn't gotten so low yeah. uh, with the accident. I, I don't, I don't think so anyway. And I think it was a pretty big coincidence that that all happened then. Yeah. So, I, that's um, the that's the, the long answer of that no that's a, that's a great answer and about halfway through <clears> your response i i i realized that not to make this about me because no one really cares about me but um <laughs> sure they do <laughs> but um yeah so from like when, when when you said you know music was a therapeutic thing for you and it you know it was helping you through things um for you playing music for me that's listening to music and it still is I, I and it was at a, and it was at a really big point you know, I went through some medical things in high school and I didn't really know what to do. But, you know, when I was having bad days, what I do, I 
turned on some music. So, yeah. well, and I think that, you know, like we go back to the other uh, point we made about the, the best songwriters, the best listeners, the best musicians are the best listeners. I think that when you're playing, all you're doing is listening. So yeah. like whether you're listening because you're doing it or you're listening because you're getting out what you need to say, you're listening, you're listening. That's all you're doing. When you're singing, you're listening to how your, you know, vocal cords are vibrating so that you can like, I don't believe that people can or cannot sing. I believe people can't hear the pitch. There you go. I can't hear the pitch. <laughs> because, because it's not, there are people with super cool voices that can't hear, hear the pitch. And then they're, you know, and that's just like trial and error. And then there are people that don't have as cool of maybe, you know, talking or whatever voices, but they can hit, you know, so they can sing. So it's like, it's kind of a, a misconception in my opinion, because I was never taught how to do any of it. So I just like taught myself, I guess. And so I feel like I understand it in my own way, which, which may not be the right way, but, um, but that's how I think about it is it's like, I remember just being like, you know, if you sing enough and, and you and you realize when you're off, you can then get right and be on more often. And that's all that learning how to sing is to me. It's like, you know, if you can't recognize, if you think it's sounding one way and it's not, you need to figure out how to, you know, know when you've yeah. missed it, you know. Um, so I think anybody who knows when they've missed it can can hit it. You so know? what you're saying here, what I got from this is that deep down inside of me, I have yeah. some incredible voice that yeah, I that I might be able to pull out. I do. I I you know. As well, well can you help me find like, it, please? You know, it, it sounds very like Tony Robbins. You know, uh, of me. You know, like motivational <laughs> speaker. You know, but uh, no, I mean, I that's just my experience with it. Like, if, if anyone would have heard me sing, you know, a, a, over a decade ago, like, you know, I just found my own voice and just did it. I'm 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 a true believer in if you just do something and you're able to learn from it, like, and you're getting better, like that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know? And, and most people don't, um, I maybe want to think that or, 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 or think that it's like sexier than that or more unattainable. And it's really not. It's just like, if you have the ability to think for yourself and learn, you can, you know, you can do just about anything that you, feel that your your heart is bent to do you that know that is true that is very true you know I, and i think so this is more a, a life thing than the music thing you know but yeah no i agree i agree and i, I uh maybe my voice is in there somewhere who knows i maybe never I'll know find, maybe I'll yeah find, maybe who maybe knows? maybe i'll but move maybe, to nashville to do all this yeah, but, and then i'll be a singer somehow <laughs> yeah and then and then maybe you know but like you know, your voice doesn't necessarily have to be your, your actual voice. You know, it's just, it's, it's opening your mind to like, you know, looking on it with like softer eyes, I guess, like, instead of saying like, well, I can't do that. That person can do that. And it's That's like, true. well, but you like, what do you mean? You just haven't done that. I haven't tried it. That's basically, you know, I mean, and it's, it's easy to say you can't because like, if you haven't, then you definitely can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you're totally right you know yeah so yeah i think you're 100 percent right so yeah um who knows <laughs> maybe maybe one day there you go but, but um listen i think it's crazy i didn't know that that you uh 
that you started singing so that you just didn't even realize you can sing. And what, what is fantastic about that is that you really do have a, a, a great voice and it's unique too, which is um, kind of why I, I, maybe that's why I gravitated towards you. I don't know. I, I've been on this kick recently and I want to uh, know your thoughts here is that I love, I love all types of music, right? You know, I, I appreciate all types of music for different reasons. I may listen to one thing more than I listen to the next thing. Um, but right. what I love is that, you know, you're pulling from so many different areas. You know, you got a little bluesy thing going on. You got a little country <clears throat> thing. You got that American right. thing. You got that, you know what I'm saying? So you have like all of these different avenues that you're pulling into this, to this one collective voice here and this one collective sound, which, um, I think is great versatility wise. Um, I think it's great for, for people who maybe want to listen to something that's a little bit deeper than what you listen to, you know, when you turn on your radio. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that there's a time and place for that, but I think um, especially with this last record, you know, you're, you're from, from top to bottom, like I said before, you're telling a story and each song is placed in a particular spot for a particular reason. Um, and that's my segue into it. My pretty bad segue, I guess no. if you want to say, but like I said, you know, different shade of blue is, is the, is the, is the title of the record. And um, I have some favorite songs and, and um, I want to kind of break down the record a little bit just to um, kind of see why you picked what songs for what reason. And um, you know, how you came, came to say like, yeah, this is the 11 songs that I want. Right. Um, Cause that's the hard, that's a hard thing too. Right. Like you don't, you don't know. It's so hard because you guys write so many songs all the time. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, you we write... wrote about, a, I think it was about a hundred, a little over a hundred songs over two years for this record, which, you know, if you were 10% of your closet, yeah. that makes sense. You know? So it's yeah. like, you're going to have 10 that maybe go together. Yeah. And, and, Definitely, like we picked like fourteen or fifteen, or I did. I picked fourteen or fifteen songs to take him to um, the guy that I wanted to produce the record, David Dorn, who ended up doing it. Um, and th all of the songs, like I guess, kind of had some of the same overall message, and then kind of sonically felt the same. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time of this, like two years, like I really was into a lot of uh, Guy Clark and Towns Van Zant and, uh, you know, Van, like, like just all of those, not until we recorded the tunes and put them in an order. Did I really, really feel like that they gave you a ride? Um, I knew that the, and I wasn't just trying to pick the best songs that I'd written. I just, I felt like they, the, the, this amount of songs just had the same overall message, which meant that none of the songs were really sad. Yeah. They weren't, um, I'd written so much music that was just purely about like almost the same emotion I kept having over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing about co-writing this record was that that pulled me away from the songs and got me closer to them at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was able to not have to put all of myself into a song and I was able to step away enough to build a song and love it like and look at it and be able to perform it and talk to people about it as opposed to it being like, you know, super, super close to me. And, and, and so all of those songs on this record have that same vibe where it's like, it's deep, deeper, a little bit deeper of, of thinking, but also like 
like more uplifting. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, I think, what glued all those songs together. I agree. Um, you know, and not that they're like in a certain spot to tell like a chronological story, but they're all like a different vantage point on, you know, the feelings that I had had and my growth as a person in that two years with the people that I wrote the record with. And mm-hmm. I felt like that those songs um, shed a light on that two year experience for me. And that was kind of the story that they told. Yeah. So that's kind of how they, but in the placement uh, sense, that was really hard to, to, to get all those right. There were so many evolutions of order of that once yeah. we were done. Yeah. I, um, that's, that, that's kind of cool to hear because you, you know, I feel like sometimes people are just like, yeah, like they make it seem so easy, but this clearly wasn't easy at all. Like there's no. so much work and, and like people make it seem easy. Obviously it's not easy, but I, I am fully respecting the fact that you're saying that like we went through here and um, we did this and you know, we, we may have had to like sit back and maybe read yeah. a couple of times. Honestly, the easiest awesome. part, the easiest part of the whole process, the whole process was the, was the two day recording. And, and, and that I, I still would don't want to go back and do. It, <laughs> it was just kind of, I mean, we recorded 10 songs in the first day, then we recorded patches and did the pedal steel and Matt Daniel did all the overdubs. And it was the most organic, like quick process that I've ever been a part of. And I think that if you do all your work on the front end, that was what allowed that to happen. Yeah. But um, yeah, everything else was so much harder after and before. And to get to that point, the actual recording of the record that I'm still happy with was um, in comparison to piece of cake. Yeah. so why why did you do the first 10 songs in the first day I mean, because we had such a low budget i mean oh, i mean yeah. to be able to do an actual um full record which i wanted to do and have it on vinyl and and i knew that these songs like you know if we could pull it off it was going to be really cool and if we didn't it was just going to crash and burn but but i'd crashed and burned before and it was like <laughs> okay but well, you know i really feel confident about you know this time around and um, I felt like I really had something to say and David Dorn like when something was like you know whenever something's not uh he doesn't really know if we can do something he just always says it's going to be tricky <laughs> <laughs> you know and so that's what he said and and um but that but but I got to, to go back a little bit my friend Gabe Lee had just done a record with David Dorn and he had done a record that way he'd done it very raw very like mm-hmm. you know um I think almost all of the the vocals on my record and his record are all like the scratch track past vocal. Farmhouse? Yeah, Farmland. Farmland. Or Farmland, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's the name of the studio, Farmland Studios. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I knew that like David could do that. Um, and he was like, well, I think, you know, this is the way that we need to do it. We need to have the band in. And I hadn't met any of the band. And he sent them, we did like some demos, uh, just acoustic demos. He'd sent them to him. They lived with them for a bit. This was during the pandemic. We we're supposed to record in April. We had to push it back a month. So they had a month longer and we did it in May. Mm-hmm. I'd just gotten back from Seymour, Texas with my friend, Matt Daniel, who was living and working on a ranch up there for a month. Um, so I was in a good headspace. I was in, you know, a lot of those things. And, uh, but I still super nervous about trying to cut a record in, in two days like that, because I, I just didn't know if I was going to have enough voice for it. Yeah. I didn't Sounds know. Like you know, um, and, 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 and the last song that we did, 
the first day was forget ever loving me which is the hardest song to sing because i saved it for last because <laughs> i was like if i if, if i blow it on like the fifth song and try to do this like i'm done for the rest of the songs and it, it was just it just worked and i don't know why um it was that fake. was one of the first times that i didn't yeah maybe i mean it felt it felt very satisfying um to get to capture that and then that squeezed all the songs even closer together because it was all the musicians and me in you know for the most part minus the overdubs like kind of in the same day or at least in a really short period of time and that you know connects the songs even if they're not connected very well because it's just a performance of of it um so yeah it was super special um it, it, it'll be hard to top that on this next record that we're going to do but um you know i think that we can but but uh i don't know it was just kind of a it, it was just a it was a cool time and i and and i think everybody else felt like that too you know because it's making a record is it doesn't matter if one person's on like everybody's got to be on their best game right. and right. david was and um caleb fisher who engineered it and mm -hmm. tim dimbo on the bass and john conley and rusty Danmeyer with uh the pedal steel like licks that are like signature licks to these tunes because we didn't tell him anything to do he just like listened and did his thing um on the second day matt daniels the only harmony except for harper o'neill is on um uh paducah and then She's we did so like talented. a we did like a three-part thing on patches okay um, but Matt Daniels, like the one, there's just one layered harmony on all the songs and he did the high parts and, 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 and all of it. And, uh, and that was how we had performed it live and like riders rounds and stuff like That's that. Awesome. And, uh, Aaron Rochette was on the drums. Um, Scotty Murray, who actually lives at the house in farmland. He played Dobro. Um, yes, Quincy Meeks did the harp on Caroline. So like, um, everybody just did a great job and John Barron's mix and mastered it. And I was not on board with someone mixing and mastering a record and he just blew it out of the park, man. Like, so. You have nothing to be, you have every reason to be so proud of the entire thing. Well, I'm just proud that, because it's like, there's no way I could have done that on my own from a writing standpoint, recording standpoint, you know, anything like that. And it just, it, it just showed me how, that was the first time that I'd ever felt like, you know, I was a part of something that wasn't me just like paying for studio time and getting people to come in and trying to lay some shit down, you know, like that was the that. first time that I felt, you know, like I belonged somewhere and that, and that, and it was a mutual, you know, feeling for everybody. And it, and it took me a long time to get to that point living in Nashville, like about three years, you know, cause it's, um, yeah, it was just a special thing. And, and and I'll always remember that. And so it it makes it even more special that other people appreciate it now. But once I'd had the masters back for the record, I was like, had this like postpartum depression where I was like, this is it. I don't even care if anyone hears it. Like, this is what I was trying to do. You know, like the rest of this is like a whole new start over process of promoting a record. But to me, I was just like, I don't even care. Like, dude and that's why i felt so, so satisfied i felt so satisfied that like i'd done what i was trying to do and i didn't know exactly how i was going to do it but we did it you know and dude, that is why it's so good because you didn't care you said if no one listens to it it's still fantastic yeah i mean it's, it's not i didn't question. care it just oh, like yeah, i yeah, was yeah. just like it it was like 
you know, I just wanted to be done at that point. I was just like, you know, it was, yeah, it was just like a a satisfaction that you're like, you know, and then you had to kind of re-gear yourself back up over a couple of weeks. All right, now we got to work on the next part of this, which is, you know, all the other shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, um, and and that took a long time. And, and my manager, Brooke Stevens and Alex Torres with Torres Music Group mm-hmm. and Amanda Quinton helped me with all of that. And I couldn't do this part, you know, the the, the distribution and all that stuff without them. Yeah. So um, it's just been a series of taking a village kind of thing. That's what I was going to say. Know? It takes a village. It takes a village. And I really am happy for you. I think it's so cool. Thank you, man. To, uh, to, to see all that play out because... Um, like I said, I was really excited for this because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm friendly with some of, with, with some of your friends and, you know, I, uh-huh. I they, they, they post about it and I, and I was like, Oh, I'm so excited for this. And obviously, you know, you wrote a tune on there with Vinny Pellizzi and, uh, oh, yeah. Talked to Vinny every once in a while. yeah, I talked to him every once in a while. So when he posted on that, posted that on there, I was like, Oh, I got to I'm excited for this. Like I'm, I'm hyped. So, um, I was really excited when it, when it finally came out and I will tell you that I like to pass along projects and songs to my friends and to people who I think should listen to. And every single time I pass that record on to someone, every single time, at least the, the at least response was, I can vibe with this. And that's <laughs> a great thing that you that's want. That's great. Absolutely. That's exactly what you want. So that's good. That's good that it's field tested, you know, because yeah. <laughs> people definitely have a lot of opinions nowadays and, that is you know, true. to it's, it's, it's hard to please everybody, but, but uh, I think if you please yourself, that's the, uh, that's the biggest thing. Okay. And, and I know that sounds trite or whatever, but no, uh, I do sure. think that, that, yeah, if you do, then you're okay with criticism. You know? There you go. There you go. I think the, the most incredible things about, about this record. And I think about your songwriting in general is that you're not just put I mean, listen, there are catchy songs, but you're not just putting out a catchy song for a catchy song to grab. You're making music to like hit people in the core. You're, you're trying yeah. to touch them in a certain way which I think is beautiful. And I wish like we saw more and more and, you know, whether it's a business thing or whatever else, I don't think we see that as much and that's not a negative thing or, you know, whatever, but I think it's mm-hmm. so refreshing to, to go through your entire record and say that, you know, you're making, you're making music. There you go. There's the making music part because yeah. you love to do it and you want people to, to um, it's very true. Feel, feel the emotion. You want people to feel something and you want them to, to maybe listen to these songs and say, Oh, this song made me feel a certain way. This one, yeah. maybe not, but this one. Yeah. That kind of thing. I, I think one of the best compliments that I received from somebody who was a good friend of mine was that they said, this record sounds like you like, like, like when I hear this record and I don't know if other people that don't know me feel this way, but like, I want to this record and hope that it does sound like, how if you, you meet me and have a conversation with me that it sounds like me. Yeah. Like talking to me, yeah. you know, like, like that would be the goal that it's like, it's not the, here's this person. He's, you know, whatever. I like him. He's cool. And here his music is cool. I feel like that, like the closer you can get to being like that, your art is a autobiography of yourself. Mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. wherever you're at in your life like that. And so um, this is probably the first project that I've ever felt like um, is like that, or at least something that I want to strive to be, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, my favorite songs on there. I'm just going to tell you this right now, because I'm going to ask you another question, but I, okay. I, my, my favorite songs uh, on there, um, Paducah, 
Caroline. Okay. Yeah, Caroline. And uh, all over again. My favorite line in all over again. I don't know why, but um, for some reason, I was, I was actually listening when I listened to it. Cause like, I think there's a difference between listening to just like list, just like running through and listening to songs. Cause you like songs and actually like hearing what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's like third or fourth pass or second or, or where like you need to first listen to like get your palate right. right for it. And then, and that's why records are cool because like if right. you listen to the whole record, you know, you can be like, okay, first listen. I, you know, I listen to the records of these two songs, you know, first listen, I still like these two. I picked up another one. There and you if go. you listen through a couple more times, sometimes your favorite song is like the one you that you that you missed. There you go. You know, on the first or second listen through. And so like that's what a record can do. Cause like the the songs hopefully the whole project like primes you for the next yeah. thing. Yeah. So you're in the mindset of it, you know. Yeah, Sorry. I agree. Keep and going. I, I mean, no, that's, that's okay. Good. No, that's okay. Cause I hundred percent agree with that. I think that um I think that the first time you're kind of just picking out what you like or like what you're getting prepared for. And I think when you listen to something like, like different shade of blue, I think when you listen to the whole thing, I don't think it's fair to go through and pick what your favorite song is right off the jump. I think you should listen to it twice before you decide, you know, well, before you say like, I want to listen to this song, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you should listen to the whole right. from one to 11 and then go do it again. And then you can say, okay, let's pick for Like, I want to listen to this song. I want to listen to that song. Cause yep. I think the way that you should listen to it but my favorite line in all over again has to be hearts they break like picture frames i don't know why oh yeah yeah but, but i listened to that and i was like whoa like where the hell <laughs> like that's a simple line i guess right but it's like yeah so really deep and i was just like wow like that's crazy i think and, that was maybe a, a matt mckinney line so i wrote that with ben chapman and matt mckinney a year and a half two years ago and the title that we had was so cool just all over you again because it was the double meaning thing. And uh, yeah, hearts, they break like picture frames like yeah. that. Was, I, uh, uh, that one, that one, for some reason, I was just like, wow, like that's, that's it kind of, yeah, it kind of makes a, builds a, a, a picture of what's going on. You know? Yeah. And then, like I said, it's not like the diva, like, it's not like Shakespeare would have written that, but it's like, for some reason, like you said, the picture that, that you paint with that. Um, but I didn't pick that up the first time I listened to it. And the second time, right. some, or whatever it was like the, nine million time i finally was like wow like that's great that's awesome so um i don't well, know i mean that's like so, that. so good to hear that because i mean that that uh that that gives me a good feeling that that we've at least created a piece of art that for people that want to listen more there's more in there for them yeah. and that's one of the most disservices you could ever do as an artist is to not put all of yourself into a project enough for if people are trying to dissect it and get into things mm -hmm. that you don't give anything to them, you know, yeah. it's like a book. That's why people read books yeah. seven times. Cause it's like, there's stuff in there for the person who's reading it, that is you true. know, <laughs> on the six and seven time. I mean, the author put it in there either on purpose or, or not on purpose. It's in there because they've, you know, really put in the time and the passion into, you know, and it's also up for a body of work. It's also yeah. I mean, like is. like you can find something that for me is super deep, or for me means something. But right. For you, it's just like eh, whatever. I mean, well, it doesn't have to be like a little pearl that you've hidden in there for like to be yeah. clever. It's like, it's just, you know, uh, that's the tough thing that I have with like singles and radio stuff and whatever. It's it's just meant to just get people head bobbing, and 
and it, there's just not a lot in there for for people to find more than that yeah it's like oh well what's this like oh well, we didn't there's nothing more thank in you. there thank you you know there's nothing more inside here thank you and you're like oh okay so it's just like a shell of the idea yeah of 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 a song you know and and that's a disservice to the listener it's not like whatever if it's catchy whatever if it's you know making money it's like you're not really like it's not good to you're doing a disservice to the people yes. that are listening because you're not giving them anything more to even find yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's why that's why we all fell in love with music right that's why you write songs yeah that's why i talk about writing songs because like how can you make that song your own when yeah. when when it's it hasn't even made itself it's it could yeah. be the same idea. I'll even go one farther. It could be the exact same idea as the catchy one, but you just twist it so that it's a little bit deeper than that. And then boom, it's your own and boom, it's deeper. Well, I think you get out of music what you put into it. So obviously if a song is very surface level, it's like you haven't probably put in a whole lot of time. Right. right. I And I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm just saying that like, you know, it, if how much time an artist is putting in to anything that they're doing, I believe that someone out there, maybe more than one someone, but other people are able to get that out of it. And you only get as much out as as the beginning person put in. Right. Or, gr right. or group of people. And mm -hmm. so I think that's the point of art. I think that's a little bit of the problem with the, the music industry is that they don't really care about the time that they need to put in to make something good. They're, it's more the brass tacks and the bottom line. And, and that's okay, but yeah. it ends up, it ends up kind of hurting everybody along the way because it's like music is super special and good and you shouldn't just take the, you know, the, the outline of it and right. just re and just reuse that. You and know, some, some people don't want to chase the radio, right? I mean, not everyone no. wants to chase the radio. I mean, and, but like you said, there's nothing wrong with someone who wants to chase the radio. There's so not. I there's really a... don't see anything wrong with it, but I also from from a guy who's been on both sides, right? I get why you don't want to chase the radio and the deeper part of that, but I also get why you do. But you're right. It's hurting the ones that don't necessarily want to chase. The yeah, radio. I'm not saying that it's a disservice for everyone. I'm just saying that like, that it, that it ends up, I mean, on the I other side, to argue with my own point, there are people that have worked 60 hours a week and they don't want to freaking think anymore that's true you know so they just want to they want to get in their car and they would just want something to to bob their head to that and drink true. a bush live you know right. and 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 that's okay i'm just I, i'm just too intense of a person for that so i can't <laughs> wrap my mind around it and so i have to remember that you know th there are, there are many ways to skin right being creative or doing anything and right. and you know but for me i would just never be okay with doing that because i that's just not the way that my brain works. And that's not the people that I um, am, uh, you know, servicing or connecting with. You know? Exactly. And I, and I think you're right. I think you're a hundred percent right. Everything you said there hit the nail on the head. Cause I also think, and I don't remember who told me this. I had a conversation with someone about this, but um, we were saying, you know, sometimes you want to get in the car and, and just like, you know, drive down the highway with the windows down and listen to a Luke Combs song. But sometimes you want to sit in your room and listen to an entire Jason Isbell record and drink a 12 pack. Sometimes you just want to do that. <laughs> sometimes you do. And, and there's nothing and, wrong with that. And you can expect everybody to be, I mean, there are times when I don't feel like talking to people. I don't feel like listening to a sad song. I don't, you know, feel like 
listening to a happy song, whatever. But there are times when it's like, I need this right now. This, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what music is. You know, it gives you what you need sometimes right when you need it. Um, and so, you know, it's being an artist or, or doing anything thinking for yourself is just a funny thing because you have to try really hard and then you have to really step back and realize that you're in a subjective industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, 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 I played golf my whole life. So like golf is not subjective at all. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the opposite of that. Um, but it's a craft at the same time. Yeah. And, um, and so there's not a whole lot of quantifiable stuff in music minus like streams and, uh, sales and right. I, you know, You're likes right. or whatever. But, um, I do think that, uh, going back to that point, I think that as much as you put in it, you're going to get out of it and other people will too. So that's, that, that is a, I think, a, a point that I think everyone should use for anything. You're going to put in what you're going to, what you, yeah. in, what you get out. If you put in the hard work, you're going to get out the good, you're going to get out a good product. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You know, no, like and, we said before, no shortcuts. Don't take these. Yeah. Out. And it doesn't matter if it's 10,000 people or 10 people, but there's going to be people that are going to appreciate what you do if you put your heart in it and that feels good always no matter i mean what. and it does it, it 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 uh it makes you feel a lot less alone right. to do that you right. know it's 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 a little less scary the next time around putting your whole heart into something when you know that there are people out there that are you know that are maybe going to get it or at least give it a shot you mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. you're 100 right you are absolutely right nate without a doubt um listen you play golf and i suck at golf so let's let's figure let's do it You're I, in, i've yeah. been playing golf or for I'm like in. eight years i've been playing golf for like eight years i never had any lessons i just like go and go to the range and just like hit the golf ball and have fun and sometimes i'll play nine holes with my buddies and we'll uh yeah you know have a couple of beers and <laughs> ride around the golf carts you know have a good time but, i mean that's what golf and music do parallel in many many ways yeah um you know, one of them being that to be able to enjoy that sport, you don't have to be great at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, at all, you know, I have fun doing it. <laughs> it's what, yeah, it's whatever you're, you know, you're, if you're someone that's really hard on themselves and wants to be good at it, you can put your all into it. And like what you said, you'll get out what you put in, but right. um, yeah, you can totally go drink beer and, you know, hit a few shots when you want and, and have a great time outside with your friends you know, and you can't do that with tennis yeah. or basketball, you know, it's like if, if one of my friends played college basketball, it's not going to be that fun for me and him to go and play. Yeah. Cause he's going to kick your butt. <laughs> Cause yeah. Or he's going to have to like, try not to, or, you know, <laughs> give me, you know, but, but golf is, you know, it's such an individual sport that you do with other people. Right. It's a really, it's a really special, it's a special uh, sport because of that. I will say that um, I am a little bit of, I, I have a tad bit of a competitive edge. So even though I suck, there has been a club or two thrown. That, that yeah, is, that's okay. And, and that's, but not like a, not like a cross the fairway or like across the green or anything more of yeah. like a, <laughs> I remember this one time I, um, I was in the fairway and I, I, uh, I think I, I went to, to, to pitch on to the green and I completely 
botched the absolute like it was a chunk yeah and on my backswing i just let the club go i was like yeah that's it and i just walked away and my friend's laughing he's like what the hell was that and i was like i'm done we were we were on like i think it was like whole like 16 i was playing off i was like i'm done that's it I'm yeah in the card i'm just gonna ride throw in the towel yeah that's yeah. it for me but, you know, yeah i mean that's okay time. whatever you know do whatever uh you need to do to get your feelings out but then just yeah. don't take him to the next shot you know there you go there you go so, and then i'll just hit a hole in one the next shot you know yeah i mean yeah Easy. every shot is a new shot you know? <laughs> that's awesome nate man you are uh you really are an awesome dude and it was awesome getting to talk to you and kind of hear thank you man likewise everything went i appreciate it, you know yeah but it was really awesome just kind of getting to hear your whole story and what your thoughts are and pick your brain because um you know, not every so often you come in looking to have a pretty in-depth conversation or I come in looking to have a pretty in-depth conversation. And I knew when I, when I was filling out what I wanted to talk about that I wanted to have this kind of conversation with you. So I'm really excited that, that you just, um, you know, laid it all forward and, 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 and we got to talk about some good conversations and, and, and talk about some music that um, you're fantastic at. So it was really, really, thank awesome. you. And it was a pleasure. And I thank you for coming on seriously. Thank you, buddy. I mean, uh, people that appreciate what any of us do as artists are are definitely our friends. So, hey, that's good to hear. I'm, you know, listen, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be in your corner till uh, till the uh, till till it all ends. It doesn't matter. I'll be there. But you, um, everybody, this is another episode of Remember Country Music. You can go follow Nate on uh, Instagram and anywhere. Nate Frederick Music, all one word. Go listen to his uh, new album, Different Shades of Blue. Now, anywhere you listen to music, please just do it. And trust me, you're gonna have a great time doing it. I promise. But this is another episode of RCM Podcast. As always, I'm Kyle Corbus. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. As always, as usual, I'm Kyle. That's Nate. New episodes every Friday, 11 a.m. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.